Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to the Shady View podcast. As usual, my name is Shaquille, your host for today, and we have a special guest host. Um, well, not special because you've seen him like three times already, but we have Hilal for today. You want to say salam, Hilal? Guys, salam. Hope you guys aren't tired of me again. Alhamdulillah. And today our guest is the one and only Shazia Barakat. Just a few things about her: she is an author based in New York, um, raised in Chicago. She wrote this book that I have in my hand right here. I know I'm really professional as a host. You know, I have the author's source material. So it's called Knowing You. It's about um, the nine names of Allah. It's a book full of poems, personal essays. Um, and yeah, we're just going to talk about that for today and a lot of her influences, how she got into writing, her experience as a Muslim writer, and um, just all of that pizzazz. Uh, so Shazia, how are you today? Good. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Um, so we were kind of talking about this off camera, but you said you were raised in Chicago. Yes. Uh, how has the culture shock been from like Chicago to New York? Like, just talk about some of the differences. Sure. Um, well, first off, I mean, it's a lot more diverse here, which I do love. You know, the food's great. A lot of, um, you know, interesting people. You do notice a, a little bit of difference in attitude, I feel like. New are <laughs> New York attitude, right? <laughs> but um, other than that, alhamdulillah, my experience has been good. Alhamdulillah. Um, I don't know if Chicago has this, but um, our MTA gets, a, gets mm. a really bad rap. How has that been? Oh, really? Actually, I, I love the system here. It took me oh, a while. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely was very confusing at first. Um, since the city's so big, but um, it's I mean, it's all I use now, and it's uh, very convenient. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, what's surprising is that most New Yorkers hate it, but if you look at it yeah. in like retrospect, it's actually one of the greatest um, uh, MTA or like subway systems yeah. um, around the globe, mm-hmm. or at least in America. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in, people in, in here Chicago, in Chicago, they have the uh, the trams, right? Is that what they yeah. call it, or like the the little cars? We have like CTA. Um, we also have buses as well, but it's it's pretty much the same, though it's not as widespread. I would say. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so talking about your book, um, well, let's let's kind of go back because um, it's a funny story how I got a hold of this in the first place. So I, I'm not sure if you remember the story, yeah. but basically, um, I was following your page for a while. And I've been meaning to get the book, but um, I was going to buy it anyway. Like I was going to buy it on Amazon sometime sooner or later. But um, you were at an event. Uh, there's something called MSA Showdown in New York. I don't know if they have it in other states, but it's basically like a competition between different colleges for like a whole slew of, you know, competitions between like college MSAs. Um, one of them was for spoken word. Others is like for Nasheed, um, for Jeopardy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, you were a judge there, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? You yeah, were a judge. Spoken word. Right. And you also had a table set up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, book signing. So um, I was kind of, I think I was at work that day or something. Like that. And a few of my friends were at Showdown mm-hmm. and they were like, yo, you know that author that you really like on Instagram? She's here selling her books. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Could you like get her to sign it for me? And then they did. And it was like, it was like super cool. And literally the next day you hit up the Shady Youth yeah. for, for an episode. I was like, wait, did they like tell her about me? That's like really embarrassing. <laughs> 
no, no. I actually just happened to like come onto your page. This oh, is wow. a really cool initiative. That's <laughs> awesome. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So I was like, did you guys seriously like promote me to, <laughs> to this author? They're like, no, we didn't do that. But God, that was a really cool coincidence. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and then uh, we were we were supposed to do this episode like way back in January or like Before February. COVID, I know. Yeah. Yeah, we actually literally scheduled the day and everything. Um, and it was supposed to be in person, but, you know, this right. is the next best thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of just make the best out of it, right? Yeah. So, um, well, before we get to your book, have you done a podcast-style interview like this before? Or... I've done one uh, with the Muslim podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. they're dope. They're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. that, how, how recently was that? want to say we did it like two months ago it came out i think beginning of august gotcha yeah. okay 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 wait who was that run by again because i'm i i know it but i'm just um yeah i think you all you know her from yeah NYU. Oh. From, from nyu is is is, is it asma oh my god I'm I'm totally i guess it is asma yes yeah. he yeah. just started yeah. it recently yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool first or second yeah, yeah no i, I watched them I, I know asma as well she's she's really cool amazing oh, yeah, nice. yeah gotcha so I guess finally getting to your book, um, <laughs> how, how did this all start pretty much like the whole writing thing for you? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you figure out that you did want to be a writer? When did you figure out that you wanted to get into, you know, poetry? It's a very, right. um, it's very like competitive field, right? Mm-hmm. There's like, everyone seems to be a poet these days. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did your journey for that start? Sure. Um, So I grew up writing in general um, as a child. It was really in high school where I really got into it. I wrote for the high school newspaper. I did local poetry contests with spoken word. Um, And then when I got to college, I kind of um, immersed myself more into that with uh, this online literary magazine called Muslim Youth Musings. Um, And then I was also editor-in-chief for my MSC magazine. So I continued writing with that. But in terms of like knowing you in poetry. Oh, which, which MSC were you part of? Oh, it's called uh, Loyola University Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So um, with knowing you, actually, some of these poems trace back to my high school days. Um, so really sophomore years when I really started looking into the Dean more. And um, one of these verses from the Quran really stood out to me. And that was the most beautiful names belong to God. So call on him by them. And so I really wanted to make a personal goal to learn the 99 names of Allah. So what I would do is, I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Yasser Qadi's YouTube series called Beautiful Names of Allah. Oh man, you mentioned that name around Hilal, he immediately <laughs> gets excited because he loves Yasser yeah. Qadi. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really, it's really great. Um, he literally goes through every name, the context that it comes out, out in the Quran, as well as all the different layers and manifestations just one name can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is I would listen to that and um, just in the process of learning the names, I would write about them. This was still in um, high school? Yeah, this was in high school. Um, so it was just kind of like a, it started as just like a form of reflection um, and kind of um, seeing how Allah's names played a role in my life and my, in my personal experiences. Um, and then as the years went on, I, you know, I kept on doing that whenever something came up that kind of reminded me of a certain name. Um, but I, at that time, I didn't really know that this was going to be a collection or anything like that. But that's kind of how the theme started. Um, and then it was really not up until like maybe a year ago or two years ago where my husband, you know, he like looked at some of the stuff I had and he's like, you know, you really need to finish this. So, um, you know, it was like a 10 year long, you know, hiatus almost, but I got back to it and like, you know, got it out there. 
Gotcha. No, I can definitely relate to the hiatus thing because um, I don't know. It's always weird calling yourself a writer, but I do dabble in poetry. Um, yeah. I love writing poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's always like that six month like break in between yeah. where I'm just not writing yeah. anything. <laughs> I get right. like really invested into like, um, you know, school or, you know, this product of mine, the Shady Youth. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of just do these things for a while. Then I kind of I kind of just forget about like my other passion, which is writing. Right. Um, yeah. So how, how was how how was that? Right. Because you obviously got into a very, um, very intense career field. Right. Mm-hmm. Pharmacy. That's a very demanding um, line of work, line of, you know, academia. Uh, mm-hmm. How was that like balancing writing this book, but also working in that sort of career field? Yeah. So I think the most challenging part for me was during like pharmacy school and um, residency as well, just because oh. of the workload. But um, I always kept writing as an outlet. You know, I think that we all need something um, to kind of express ourselves to have, have like kind of sort of, sort of self-therapy in a way. Um, so whenever I wasn't studying, whenever I just needed a break, I would go back to writing. Um, and even if it wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to like pressure myself, like I have to write this or it was just kind of like as it comes. Um, yeah. And I guess that just kind of helped me through whenever I kind of felt emo- like very emotional, whenever I was going through something, I would just write about it. Gotcha. One thing I was actually wondering, um, even like before the whole being an author, what kind of made you start off just writing like poetry or just writing in general? Where, where, where did that whole thing kind of start? And also kind of when did that phase lead to, hey, I want to make this something official. Like I want to yeah. take it up a notch. I want to make it publish right. like that. So what was that whole process? Like? Oh, is that your husband in the back? Uh, yes. He's awesome. <laughs> hey, he got a cameo. <laughs> um, no, you're fine. Salaam <laughs> um, alaikum. <laughs> uh, so I so poetry um, specifically it was actually inspired by my sister I have an older sister and she okay. loves writing as well and just growing up she was kind of my inspiration um, and in terms of making this official I want to say college was when I uh, got the official idea to kind of make this into a book and um, kind of complete the rest of the names that I hadn't written about yet but it was a very interesting process because like as I said in the beginning, when I was writing, it was more after my experiences and kind of like as they came, whereas the second half of the book, it was more like, okay, I kind of like, these are the names that I still need to like fulfill in terms of poems. So, it, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a different experience for both, uh, both parts of it. Gotcha. Um, well, considering that, you know, you probably had a lot of experience really reflecting on these 99 names, um, writing extensively about them, obviously, and watching a whole lecture series on them. Do you have any particular name that you would categorize as your favorite? And yeah. as to why? Actually, I, uh, this is also my favorite poem in the book. Um, it's al Mu'min, And it not only means like the giver of faith, as commonly uh, we perceive it to be, but it means the giver of tranquility, the giver of ser- serenity, and also the remover of fear. Um, oh. And I think that that one relates to me the most just because especially in these times with so much like anxiety with this pandemic and um, you know, a lot of fear that we had in the beginning, especially as a healthcare professional in March, like, what am I, you know, what am I going into at work every day? And you know, what are we going to experience? What am I going to see? Um, and so I think that one really relates to me the most. Wow. Gotcha. Um, well, how, how was your whole experience during COVID as a pharmacist? Um, you know, it, 
Alhamdulillah, mine wasn't as bad as other places. Um, mm. I work in a cancer hospital and um, mm. they were really careful about, you know, mm -hmm. um, putting, you know, procedures in place to make sure that we were containing everything. And, um, you know, for us, we actually don't have an emergency department in our hospital. So we also didn't see many of the most severe mm. things like that, I guess. Uh, whereas my husband, he's a um, ED doctor. So his, okay. his, his schedule was crazy. You know, his workload was crazy. It was very stressful. And, um, you know, it, I, I know it was very, very tough for a lot of, uh, a lot of people, especially here in New York, um, with how many patients, patient cases we were having and how many deaths we were getting. But alhamdulillah, I'm glad yeah. we're past that. And inshallah, we don't come back to that again. Yeah, alhamdulillah. You know, inshallah, you and your families are so okay. Uh, yeah, being in the front lines, that's tough. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I work at an urgent care. A lot of the viewers already kind of know this. I put out a lot of funny stories that I get from work. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't working for like a good three months just because uh, like my family was very, you know, protective of like not letting me go near that. Um, and I was just kind of seeing like a lot of my friends, they also work in healthcare. Um, and yeah, they were just telling me like a lot of these stories of like, yo, like our, we have a lot of patients backed up. Like yeah. it's really getting hectic. Right. Yeah. The capacity okay. was, I mean, it's crazy. Huh? Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah, like, um, like you, your family was, was safe and uh, your husband, especially, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, during that whole kind of catastrophe, I guess, right, uh, were, were there any like writing pieces that were kind of inspired by that whole thing? Um, mm -hmm. Any, you know, pieces of writing that you may want to share based on like uh, what you kind of got out of that whole experience? Yeah, sure. Um, there are a few on my Instagram page that I started posting like when we first peaked. Um, I can see if I can find some. If you like all good. Them. Yeah, all good. No worries. Um, Sorry, yeah, no because like during that whole thing, uh, like me personally, I was stuck at home because um, mm -hmm. we had like Zoom class and you know, Hilal, you can attest to this, like those classes, bro, they're, they're not, they're not worth it. <laughs> like they suck. Um, but pretty much like I, I really got back into writing um, just because I had like so much free time. I was like, might as well, right? Yeah. So I just used to like free write a lot and I used to like do a lot of like random like it wasn't even like full-on pieces i just wrote like anytime mm -hmm. i thought of like some good lines i would just yeah. write it down and be like okay i'll like put these together later on right no, and that's, that's kind of like fun to play sometimes how you find it just through free writing you know um, yeah exactly so that's awesome um so i found one that i wrote this was like right at the peak when i i i'll, I'll admit it, i had a i had a lot of anxiety in the beginning but so this kind of yeah no me, me, me too. Like, don't, don't worry you're not alone the flag is up on your marks get set no i smell the burning of rubber as a wheel spin against the dirt of the earth even before i have a chance to change gears and i'm left suffocating in the cloud of your dust as you speed up oh time isn't it ironic that you become more powerful when there is less of you you strike one i have my hands up in fists blocking your first hit you strike six and the breaths are knocked out as they fall to the floor you strike eight but there are more of us gathered around you now you strike 12 our clasped fists are against chests, deeper compressions. We push down against the ribs to set free what has caged them all along. We place a bag of oxygen against the crater of their lips. And as they try to breathe, the smell of molten rock and steam escapes from the lava within their throats that has now scorched our skins too. But we continue ceaselessly. 
to cleanse the lungs that lay before us, to cause an upheaval of these hearts so they beat once more. And as we step out of the room with yet another life lost, we take off our armor and recognize that our battle, battle wasn't with time at all, for it is he who controls that. But our true war is with ourselves, for the heat of the pressure can make diamonds out of some and burning charcoal out of others. Will my breath still give life even when it's shallow? Will my hands still hold dear ones even when they shake? Will my heart still offer love to this world even when it aches? And as we step outside into the beaming rays that bathe the empty silent streets that are now crowded with our emotions, we begin to run towards our safe haven. We begin to run at last towards you. Wow, wow. SubhanAllah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mashallah, subhanAllah. That was, that was great. That was amazing, wow. Um, a few, a, there are a couple of things that I want to kind of comment on that. So you mentioned time in the beginning of that poem. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of reminded me how everyone was like, you know, cursing 2020, like this is the worst year of my life. Like, bro, there's yeah. a write off here. Like, who cares about 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, then I saw something that a scholar posted along the lines of like, you know, don't curse time because, you know, Allah is time. There's something, there was like some hadith or narration regarding it. Um, and it's basically saying, you know, you know, time is, is inevitable, right? It's a creation yeah. of Allah. Um, it's something you can't control, right? You can only make the best of the situation. Um, and I, I feel like that's really important, especially these days when <laughs> everything is like yeah. anything that can go wrong just goes wrong, right? So, you know, inshallah, we can kind of, um, you know, always remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And um, Hilal, I don't know if I cut you off. No, you I was, so I, I was actually uh, wondering, did you ever plan on like taking these collections of uh, like short poems that you have and actually making a collection book out of these bro she she has the covid the covid ones oh the covid ones yeah yeah because like meaning like yeah like specific issues like covid and other things like that um i have i mean i haven't had honestly i haven't written too much about it um i feel like i'm so comfortable in spirit like writing about spirituality that that's kind of what i lean towards (laughs) um that's definitely something to think about for me (laughs) Right, definitely. Yeah, because it affected so many people. And um, I'm sure that's something that, mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, I know me and a lot of people would definitely be interested in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially as your experience is like not even just a writer, but, you know, as a health professional, that right. would exactly. be a really good take. Yep. Yeah, inshallah. inshallah. No, thank you for that, for that suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- there was a second po- thing that I wanted to comment on. Mm-hmm. There is, I-, I love the imagery that you always use. Uh, especially like the the whole kind of themes about nature um about you know like in there with with lava um right. and charcoal and, and things like that mm-hmm. um as you know being uh, a whole motif you know for destruction and things like that and this is like pretty evident throughout your whole book um you always use a lot of these nature themed mm-hmm. metaphors um and things of that nature right so yeah. could you talk about like where that influence kind of came from um, and, and why you, cause I'm, I'm sure it's intentional, right? Like why you yeah. would intentionally, um, choose to use this as like a, an ongoing theme for your work. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, nature is like the biggest inspiration. Um, I feel like it reflects so much of, um, Allah's power, Allah's beauty, subhanAllah. Yeah. And whenever, you know, I'm on a trip or wherever, wherever I am, it's very breathtaking to see like mountains and rivers and things like that. And I think that, being able to kind of see the beauty in the world around you, you're also able to see kind of the beauty that Allah has placed within you as well, you know, and the worth that you have. 
And I, a lot, biggest thing of my book is just kind of trying to lift people up, right, spiritually. And so I feel like just trying to look at the signs in the Quran mentions so many times, you know, there's signs all around you. So just trying to focus in on some of those signs mm-hmm. um, is kind of what I was aiming for. Gotcha. Um, well, you're, you're a particularly young writer, right? You're around 25, 26. Yeah. 26 right. Now. 26. From the, um, and of course you've been writing for 10 years and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I do want to ask, because I feel like I kind of experienced this a lot where, um, something that I write, write and I do want to publicize, but then mm-hmm. there's always that thinking of like, yeah. well, bro, like no one's going to like this, you no, know, you're no, just kind of writing awesome, it bro. in. <laughs> right. So it's, it's always that. Um, but then there's also that part of me. It's like, well, I mean, I put in time to this. Like I do kind of want to share it. Right. So how did you, did you ever have that battle of, I guess it, it's called imposter syndrome, right? Like not thinking that you're, um, a part of like, your colleagues or your peers in, in this, you know, field that you're going into, you know, this mm-hmm. question writing, right? So have you ever experienced that? Um, in particular with your book, like, has there ever been doubts of like, should I even release this? Like, is it worth it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's something that, you know, I still have. I think a lot of writers have that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, like I said, I went on a 10 year hiatus because I thought that, you know, this is not worth it. Like it's, what, what, like I just kind of shoved it to the, sh- like shift to the side, you mean? And um, it was really my family, like I said, like my husband, when he read it, he's like, you know, this is great. Like no one's had this idea before. And especially for me growing up as a Muslim writer and poet, I didn't really have any contemporary Muslim poets that I could find, uh, to be quite honest. Um, so uh, I really wanted to put this out there <clears throat> first by the encouragement of my family. Um, they kind of helped push me towards that. And then also just to have something out there for um, the younger audience that might want to be writers that are Muslim and want to write about spirituality, but they don't really have necessarily someone that they can relate to um, growing up. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing, actually, because um, the fact that you took your hobby to something you like to do as a passion and kind of made that into something that was um, very um, that was, like fully published and out there and something that is very legitimate. Um, like both like me and Shaquille, we love to write in, in different aspects. So I would like write nasheeds and, yeah. and I would compete in them and a lot. But for me, I kind of just left it at that. Mm-hmm. And I know like Shaquille, the same thing. We would, would both write, would you know, perform at places, but then I feel like due to various reasons, we were just never able to um, kind of know put it out there and actually legitimize it and i think that step the fact that you're able to take them you know Mm -hmm. you did a very great job at it yeah i mean you're number one best selling on amazon (laughs) right so you know it's always also about just you know not letting what other people might think it to you um you know you do your work you do it for the right intentions and inshallah allah will put baraka in it yeah right 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 i think a lot of times it's not even like like Alhamdulillah, me and Shikil, we had good company that people encouraged us, but it's more ourselves that we just right. yeah. kind of bring ourselves down. Like, hey, I, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think it's going to do well. <laughs> like, you know, so many things are going to go wrong, you know, and mm-hmm. all this just brings us down and it just never gets us to take that, you know, final mm-hmm. leap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Did, did you ever find your, because um, it, was, it wasn't even like more of like, no one's going to like it. It was more of like, I would compare myself. Mm. right um so did you ever face that thing of like you know like comparing yourself to a more like well-established poet that's been doing this for like 20 30 years but you're like you know you know comparing your work to them Mm -hmm. um yeah did did you ever find yourself 
you know, they all have to start somewhere. So, right. mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Put, put yourself out there because you never know. It's, you know, if you're not willing to take the risk, then, you know, it's... Of course. Yeah, you have to put course. yourself out there, I think. Right. Yeah. Was there any... Um, because I know you said you didn't have any uh, contemporary Muslim poets yeah. um, that you looked up to. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, mashallah, you're, you're really filling in those shoes for, I guess, the next generation that's, um, you know, trying to become a writer or wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any, even non-Muslim writer that you did look up to or did influence your, your style of writing? Um, so I think in terms of like spirituality, one of like the older poets, Rumi. Um, of course, I'm sure, Rumi. I love Rumi. His works were a lot of like inspiration for me uh, growing up. Um, I think right now, I don't know if you've heard of, she's more up and coming. Her name is Jasmine Kaur. Um, she's not Muslim, but she also mm. writes a lot about like, like identity and her own faith. Um, but uh, her work is really like deep and moving as well. So I really like that. Gotcha. Um, well, speaking of Rumi, because I love speaking about Rumi, <laughs> there's, there's, the all know is like, there is not one person that I would love to meet more than Rumi. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did you get into him? And like, um, any specific piece of work that do come to mind with him, with, in regards to him or, yeah. you know. I like, I like, I feel like I love all his stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember exactly when or how, it was mostly an undergrad that I started reading his stuff. And then I remember like my sister-in-law gave me some of his other books. Um, but uh, I can't really remember exactly how I got into him, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, let's see. Gotcha. Um, well, yeah. How, how I kind of got into him was, um, I was just looking to like Sufism a lot. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, Malana, like Jalaluddin Rumi, like before he was a poet, he was like a scholar, of course. Mm-hmm. So, just like looking into a lot of influence, his influence and, and things like that. And like his whole um, companionship with like Shamsa Tabrizi, it was right. just, it was like just super cool. Like just mm-hmm. reading about his whole thing. Yeah. Um, do you have any like particular uh, translations that you would recommend um, or any books on, on like whoever wa- does want to look into Rumi more? Um, hmm. My God, just read all of them. <laughs> I don't really have a favorite, to be honest. I, I, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. How about you? Do you have something? Um, not really. I mean, so I don't have any particular books. I've, I've been trying to get like a few books. I it's on. Uh-huh. It's always been on my Amazon wish list. So I just never like put on order. But I kind of yeah. just um go on like, I think it was like musnovi.org or something like that. And mm-hmm. I just have like a whole slew of them. And I just yeah, a lot of them I just find like online. Or yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so. exactly. Of course. Um, I know when when I hit you up about this podcast, you said you had a few poems in particular that you did yeah, want to share sure. um if you want to go ahead and yes mm-hmm. so i'm going to start off with the one that i said was one of my favorites al Mu'min, which again means um not only the giver of faith but also the giver of uh, peace tranquility and the remover of fear yeah an uninvited guest settles in the valley of my heart makes a home within my chest and refuses to depart The mountains of my lungs are crumbling down beneath his weight as he pollutes the peace once there with oppression and hate. There are waves of emotions that pound against my veins, lost in a whirl of wind as they rage in a hurricane. The currents get rough and I find myself lost at sea, within a jagged ocean as vast as the emptiness I flee. My nights have grown longer as I struggle to fall asleep. My days have blurred together and my body has grown weak. 
Tracks run over my wrist as a departing train voices its last call. Is it better to feel pain than to feel nothing at all? Mm. Emotions cloud my thoughts, smoke fogs up my mind. They tell me I'm not good enough, that I'm not worth it to the divine. My faith is shaking. I can't find who I am. I'm enchained by fear as desolation takes command. Salt water shakes my core and spills over the rims of my eyes as the ocean drowns me I succumb to the numbness inside. Mm. I frantically glance into the distance and find his lighthouse shining for miles away, guiding me home from tides that make me stray. He shows me the universe, constellations trace my skin. And even when I'm breaking, my galaxies shine from the stardust within. He shows me the dawn. As it breaks, so do I. But there's a beauty in my breaking, as red and gold paint the morning sky. To him, I'm worth more than this world entirely. And that's all I need to overcome my haunting thoughts of mortality. An honorable guest has settled in the valley of my heart. He illuminates it with light in places that have broken apart. So just to kind of give you a background about this poem, um, I'm a big mental health advocate. And so this poem was kind of going over uh, individual struggle with depression. Um, they're contemplating suicide, but ultimately they uh, kind of see the worth that Allah has given to them by um, seeing the world around them. And, you know, I think it's really important to talk about mental health, especially in the Muslim com community, since it's such a taboo topic. But in reality, it's so common. You know, if you take a look around your home, even statistically wise, one in five people suffer from mental illness. There's more Americans suffering from depression than they are from cancer, from HIV and AIDS, from uh, coronary heart disease. So um, this was just kind of my step to kind of open conversations about mental health. Definitely. Gotcha. Yeah, I know that's an important that's thing to raise awareness about. Yeah. And once again, like I'm blown away by the imagery that you always use. Mashallah. Um, so... Meaning Hilal, we attended this like virtual workshop uh, a few days ago, I think, or maybe a week ago, with uh, with Doctor Omar Sharif. If you're familiar with him, um, basically he's he's based in New York. He's a psychiatrist, and oh. he um, he did this workshop with an organization named Holistic on mental health and you know, spreading awareness in South Asian community in particular. Um, he was saying something along the lines of, you know. 15% of Asian Americans because we're all kind of just lumped into Asian Americans. It's right. not like South Asian, Korean, mm -hmm. Chinese or anything like that. Um, but he was saying like 15% of Asian Americans reported to have a mental illness. Um, and that's just people that are, have reported it. Right. Yes. So yeah. uh, I think we don't even know like how many people are out there suffering without right. anyone like even, yeah, exactly. you know, even batting an eye. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. yeah, sorry. Hello. No, I was going to say one thing I find really uh, inspiring and also just amazing how you put it together, connecting the whole spiritual side of things, because that is something you want to focus on, but also relating it to very um, real issues that we go through. Of course. And um, that's something that's like, like, at least I know, like very hard to do, actually tackling, you know, trying to keep the spiritual side you know, doing about Allah's names and his attributes, but also something that we that's very human as well at the same time. Um, that's something that I think you've tackled very well. And um, I, you know, hopefully a lot of people can take inspiration from that as well. Because I know, you know, I did. Yeah. No, thank you. So, um, well, I'm, I was kind of like just going through this book point, like trying to like um, just fold the pages of like 
particular pieces that I wanted to know more about. Yeah. Um, but the, the two pieces you already kind of covered, I literally like, I, I folded them. So I was like, oh, shoot. Um, I guess I chose some good ones. Um, there was in one in particular mm-hmm. where um, I think you were speaking about domestic abuse, um, where, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. I know what um, you're talking about. I don't remember where it was. Right, right. Uh, yeah. It was, it was basically like it, each line was like, she wanted yeah. this and he did yeah. that speaking about her husband. And then the last line sort of has a twist on it, right? Uh, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. I found it. I found it. I found it. It's page 40. Oh, so yes. <laughs> yeah, it's page 40. Got it. Um, yeah. So Al Muhaymin, The Guardian. So this one, unfortunately, I had a friend that was going through domestic um, abuse. And so this was kind of inspired by her. Gotcha. Um, but I will share it with all of you. She said she loved the rain. So he made her drench herself in tears. She said she loved the sea, so he had her drowning in her fears. She said she loved to fly, so he took the ground away from beneath her feet. She said she loved to dance, so he mesmerized her to his feet. She said she loved heights, so he never caught her when she fell. She said she loved the stars, so he had her hopelessly gazing through nights of hell. She said she loved laughter, so he took it away to keep it safe with him. She said she loved the sun setting, so he set a beaming light within. She said she loved making memories, so he gave her unforgettable scars. She said she loved to travel, so he coldly pushed her far. She said she loved autumn, so he changed colors before her eyes. She said she loved God, so he protected her from with his so he protected her from him with his light. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that was again. Yeah, that, that twist at the end oh, is like man. Boom. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Wow. Um, you said um you said it was based off a of personal experience, right? Yeah, but yeah, I had a friend that was going through this, unfortunately. But um, you know, alhamdulillah, she she also was able to find someone better. But um yeah, you know, again, just to kind of raise more awareness about this. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, yeah, just tying back to like the whole mental health yeah. aspect of it, like oh did sorry, did I lag? Okay. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, just like tying back to the whole mental health aspect of it, I feel like domestic abuse is another thing that's just like not tackled enough or even mm-hmm. spoken enough about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but once again, like as I mentioned, very uh, very real issue is correct. connected to a lot of like... Connected to God, right? Yeah, connected exactly. to Allah. So it's, it's just not even like a theoretical thing anymore where yeah. I feel like a lot of the time when we grew up, um, it was more like... Uh, you know, sometimes we'd hear like the, the punishment of Allah or like, yo, you, right. you got you have to pray or else Allah will, right. you know, yeah. send you to hell and stuff yeah. like that, right? Um, but I guess, for, you know, some people do need that fear. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I need that fear of God instilled me or else I'm not going to do what I need to do, right? Um, but then like, you really do need to develop that and nurture that love for Allah. Right. And just know that Allah loves you, right? And wants mm-hmm. you to have the best of any situation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, was there any point in, in your life that um did sort of change how you perceived a lot right um i know you spoke about in, in high school you listened to mm-hmm. yosef hadi's um lecture series but was there any point before that that kind of made you take that step of like i want to know who Allah is um, oh, yeah. rather than just you know mm-hmm. i think as um you know people that are born in born into islam i think we all hopefully like have that point in life where we accept Islam individually rather than just kind of being born in it. 
right. don't know how to describe that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like being reborn into your faith. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I I had a tough time in high school um, because one of my best friends was uh, going through uh, MDD or depression, basically. Mm. Um, and Sorry, so, could, you, could you just explain what MDD is? Exactly? Uh, major depressive disorder. Okay, so that's gotcha. like the, gotcha. the actual, I guess, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. for it um and so i don't know how to describe this um it was, it was just hard on us just because we were so close it was hard on our family and um for me at that same time we had a lot of like issues going on like personally in my family as well mm-hmm. you know with health and things like that and i think all of that together was just very stressful um was you know and so that was kind of when you know, you kind of turn to other things, you turn to other people to talk to, you know, you, you try to look for other sources of help, but at some point you realize that only Allah can help you, you know, and yeah. um, that was the first time uh, in high school where I picked up the translation of the Quran, you know, up to that point I hadn't even read it in English. Um, so I, I read it for the first time and it spoke to me so deeply in so many ways. Um, and I feel like that was really kind of like, I guess, the the moment where I wanted to learn more about Islam and learn about more about who Allah is. Um, and since then, you know, I kind of been um, more stringent on like my prayers and things like that, fasting and all of that. But it was really, I think, just going through that experience of um, having someone that is you know, is dying or is you're about to lose and, um, you know, just turning back to the only person that can help them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think a lot of the times when we face something like personal on our own, where we kind of meet that roadblock, right. you know, like Hill was saying before, we, we learn about all this growing up, but it's always something that's, um, we're kind of just taught as, oh, this thing is out there. There is uh, this punishment. We prepare, like all these spiritual things we learn about, but mm-hmm. we don't see or we don't actually face um, real life, um, uh, like, I guess, like roadblocks or things that are actually affecting us directly. Right. And until we reach that point, that's when um, we don't actually realize that I really have to understand what I'm, you know, learning and what I follow. And um, that's in that point, that's when we kind of... Uh, hopefully inshallah most people bridge that gap between okay this is just something spiritual that i just have to learn about and know this exists right to something that is hey this is something real that i i have to follow and i should want to know and this can actually affect me in a day to day basis and um yeah i think everyone at some point goes through that phase or that occasion that leads them to right that point. um but yeah inshallah i hope we can all you know find that point in our lives where yeah. we can make that transition yeah. Right, right. Do we both feel like you've had that point in your life? Um, I I definitely do. Um, for me, like alhamdulillah, like um it was pretty early on, I'd say. Like it was mm-hmm. it was around eighth grade. I can I can I can pinpoint the exact like day yeah. where it sort of happened. Uh we were like all just sitting in the library and like me and like a group of my friends would always just mm-hmm. go to the library like if we didn't go to lunch yeah um and we were we had like the laptops open from you know because you just could take out a laptop and you know do whatever you want on mm-hmm. it, on the table so we all had that open and then one of my friends um 
he he pulled up this merciful servant video, right? You know those yeah. like with the with the crazy sheets in the background, ah, and then you know with the lectures. Um, some would say are cheesy, but you know, like it had a good influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just pulled it up, and it was like a short film on um, on praying Fudger, right? Yeah. And you know the, the hadith about the three knots. You know, Shaitan right. has three knots over you. Um, and then you break them once you, you know, you, once when you get up, once when you do wudu, and then once when you pray Fajr, I believe. Um, and so he was showing me that it was like some crazy imagery of like shaitan as like a devil. And yeah. he, he would like come to you and he was like whispering with you. And I, I, for, I was just blown away by the cinematography of yeah. it. Um, but I think why that video had such a huge influence on me in particular was it just seemed a lot more modern. Um, it just seemed like something I could actually like visualize and something that right. I could grasp. Like the importance of praying Fudger was right in front of me. Whereas before it was just like lectures or like stuff that, you know, my parents mm-hmm. and my uncle would yeah. like say to me, it was just like a lot of, it was up to the imagination, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when seeing something like in person like that, um, it really had an effect on me. Then I would like binge merciful service videos. Like after that, like 14, yeah. 15, that was like, that was like my jam, yo. Um, <laughs> I would, I would legit like binge them. I would binge like a lot of, I would look up the lecturers that were in the videos. Like that's how I got exposed to people like Esther Qadi, yeah. um, people like Hamza Yusuf, Omar Suleiman. Mm-hmm. And then I would just like binge their lectures after mm-hmm. that. And yeah. And, and more than that, um, I went to high school that had an amazing Muslim community. Like me and he all got awesome. very close over there. Um, we have like a huge circle of, of brothers um, that we were still, you know, in touch with to this day. Like we literally went on a hike together uh, a couple few weeks back and yeah, like we're still friends with people that we knew from high school, which I know that's not like a hugely common thing nowadays. Alhamdulillah, that was, that was really good for me. Like I, I haven't had too much of like um, a hard coming of age moment, like Alhamdulillah, I, I had that for a good few years. I mean, of course, as there's always that struggle of right. like um, always, you know, where you're falling and and you feel like you're, you're just not doing anything good enough. But you know, then yeah. you kind of just have to remember who Allah is, right? He's Ar Rahman, Ar Rahim, right. um, the Most Loving, right? Yeah. And you just come back to Him. I think um, for me, it was um, similar in the sense that um, I don't know if I had just one particular incident. I think growing up, or especially when I got into high school, and we kind of had more exposure with, you know, a lot of Muslim people around us, because I never really had that environment um, mm-hmm. until high school, um, where you kind of just see the um, how, I guess the how amazing just the Muslim Brotherhood is. Um, no, not the organization, like Muslim Brotherhood and the actual <laughs> Muslim, oh, <laughs> the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, and, um, Bro, if I was monetized, I'd be automatically demonetized because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, and, and you kind of like see how much um, love there is between it and the source of that being Islam and that kind of gave me the love for it. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, I kind of had this thing um, in my head where I would like, it sounds weird, but I would kind of like talk to a lot and I would say that, okay, if me doing something, if this is bad for me or if I did something wrong, then like give me a sign that this is wrong. Right. Like either like, you know, either make me like stub my toe, like something stupid like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's nothing crazy, but I would see it actually work. Like sometimes when I would be doing something, immediately after like something would happen to me, I would like break my hand and I'm like, no way. This is like, you know, it, I, I know it sounds really dumb, but... <laughs> you don't know how many times where like I would say something like you know like give me a sign and something so like physical would happen to me 
that it really felt like Allah was actually talking to me through these. And even to this day, when I would make decisions or when I'm not sure if I'm doing something right, I would literally tell Allah, look, if I made a mistake, please give me like some form of like punishment or something. So I can realize. <laughs> Come on. Punishment meaning like a physical thing. Like, right. And I, I would realize yeah, like yeah. just recently, like, um, like, you know, something happened. And then like when I went to pray, I like cut my eye as soon as I went down, like, because I hit, I hit my eye on something. And immediately when that happened, I realized, oh man, I shouldn't have done that thing. And like yeah. that, that's like, as that started happening and I realized, wow, there's no way this is a coincidence. Uh-huh. I know many people watching this think this is so stupid. Like, no, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. But, um, <laughs> but when, when this has been like, this is just a thing like me and Allah had for like a while now. Um, and yeah, so as it started to develop, I was like, you know what? Like, this has to be the one. And I guess that's kind of how, like, I kept my communication with Allah and, like, how I keep myself grounded. Like, if I'm right. not sure about something, like, I just, you know, like, just give me a sign. Like, something physical that I can know, am I doing the right thing or not? And, um, you know, that kind of gave me that firm belief um, mm-hmm. that even when I know I'm doing something wrong, that Allah would try to still, you know, steer me back on the right path. Right. Um, yeah. No, what you were saying earlier about like the Muslim bonding and stuff like that, I, I can definitely relate to that because I grew up in a very non-Muslim uh, community mm-hmm. up until I went to college, actually, um, mm-hmm. when we had the big MSA. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I, you said you had something similar, right? Like you didn't really see the Muslim Brotherhood until later on. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, before high school, I don't think I had like a large Muslim yeah. group that I was constantly with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely it does make it make it tougher, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it is what yeah. It is. <laughs> how was your how your college MSA life? Were oh, you involved it. with them or? Uh, yeah, um, just because of the like that was honestly like the sisterhood and stuff like how you mentioned just having that support and um, you know, all the events they kind of like spiritually boost you and you mm-hmm. it was hard to find that even after I left college. You know, so um, it was definitely, I was really grateful to have that while it lasted. (laughs) Um, Right, right. But uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, So just to kind of wrap up, I do want to ask you about, um, well, one particular, well, a couple of particular things. But the Mm -hmm. first thing is, um, I know you you also do perform these poems like live in person. They're not, um, you know, they are good for reading, but they're also pretty good for you know reading out loud the rhyme scheme mm-hmm. and, and things like that um did how did you kind of get started with those um was it more for you know publicizing the book or was it something that you wanted to get in for a while um and also uh like how did you because i know everyone once they kind of get on stage like i know the few times uh-huh. that i have gotten on stage it's i'm literally shaking <laughs> like i remember the first time um you know, i don't i don't know if you noticed he always in the audience like I was legit trembling like my my <laughs> legs were trembling and what I would kind of do is pace back and forth so people didn't notice um but like yeah I was legit trembling and every time I do go on stage I, I don't have my glasses mm-hmm. on so I basically like I barely see the audience <laughs> so it's like all a fuzz <laughs> yeah and um yeah like so do you have any like weird things like strategies like that um yeah, yeah like how did you get into you know performing in public and do you have any like um good coping mechanisms to like kind of get over the fear of it sure um so in terms of poetry i mean i did a few back in like i'm gonna say like middle school high school for my um for my like local library i performed a little bit then but honestly i i had really bad stage fright as well um even now like 
I have to practice so much before I get on and you know my heart is pounding my palms are sweaty like it, I, I don't know if you can ever Knees weak, get over that sweaty. initial, initial <laughs> right, right. fright um but in terms of like the poems I do now it was actually like initially it was to market the book um, mm-hmm. because I, I self-published this and I feel like marketing was the biggest challenge for me, just getting Definitely, the word out there. Right. Um, and so I started doing all these events just to let people know that it's out there. Um, so that was kind of initially like how I started doing them. But when I, I don't know how to describe it. When I actually start performing, it's, yeah. um, it's very interesting because you start seeing like the emotions in the audience, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, there's been some MSA events where I see people like start crying and I'm just like, Oh my God, like it's, and I think that that like makes it all worth it. Um, like, so initially I do have a lot of anxiety, but just practice and know, like be confident when you go up there. Um, for me, it took a lot and a lot of presentations, even in the healthcare world, like I'm sure you're going to, um, I don't know if you do like continuing education presentations or things like that, where you're going to be presenting to an audience. Um, take advantage of those. You know, I really built that skill set throughout my residency as well, just presenting. And um, I think that that really helped me uh, in the writing side as well. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, just to close off, do you have anything in store for the future? Any any sequels on the book? Um, any future projects that you um, want to advertise? So, feel so, free. <laughs> so this is really early stages. I don't know where it's going to go or if it's going to go, but um, I'm working on a novel. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So it's a little out of my my little niche here, but gotcha. uh, we'll, yeah. see. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Wow. Can we get like a sneak peek of what the synopsis is or? Um, I'll tell you it's historical fiction. Historical fiction. Okay. okay. That's a, that's a Maybe, cool little yeah. niche to dive yeah. into. Yeah. So we'll sure see well. how it goes. But, sure um, gotcha. There's still yeah, a lot sure, of sure. like, I guess, faith and culture in it as well. Gotcha. So it, are the main characters also Muslim or is it more yeah. gravitating away from? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you familiar with, um, there's a, there's an author based in the UK, uh, Naima Bint Robert. What, what are some of her books? I don't know. I, th- I think like she like something like the girl with the red shoes. I think that was like one of them. I don't know. It's something with red shoes. Oh, but she she has like a lot of um like Muslim fictional books and oh really yeah yeah um and then there's like a couple others. But I don't know. I haven't read too many works with uh-huh. where like the more like main characters Muslim. So that's gonna be pretty yeah, interesting to yeah. see. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to go through with it but we'll see it's kind of still up in the air yeah no i'm i'm really excited for that because historical fiction and where the muslim is a maker that's gonna be dope that's gonna be dope just for the synopsis (laughs) inshallah yeah (laughs) right um so thank you shazia for being on today's episode today was really insightful getting to know you um uh, fun. <laughs> uh, for your support of the book <laughs> alhamdulillah uh, thank you Hilal for being my guest host once again and thank you guys most of all for staying tuned every single episode I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes I hope you guys are enjoying the guests because I know I sure am just getting to chat with them getting to know them more one on one as people um, and yeah we have a lot more in store so stay tuned have a nice day guys um and uh shazia it's been amazing thank you like once again for doing this it's been like yeah it's been like a lot coming like it's been like months that we've been trying to do this but uh yeah jazakallah once again no thank you thank you